I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today. Live, Randy Robinson here, and I have some encouragement for you today. Uh, I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know how much you've been through, uh, but there are times when we feel broken, <laughs> and uh, it, someone else can break us, life can break us, we mm-hmm. can break ourselves, you know? But here's, here's good news. We have a God who puts us back together. Uh, gives us a purpose, lifts our heads. And so if you're feeling maybe a little bit, you know, this is especially for you. Uh, and if you're feeling great, well, you're just going to feel even better after today. Tony Collier is my guest, and she has a book that came out November 1 called Brave Enough to be Broken. And I got to tell you, she's pretty brave by getting real and candid in this book. And so uh, <laughs> you're going to... You're going to get some encouragement, like I said today. So I'm excited that you're with me. If you haven't followed, subscribe, like, do that. Hit share if you know somebody that could use just a little a little lift today. So we're going to give it to you. Tony, great to have you. I'm so grateful to be here. And I love that intro. Yes, if you need a little lift today, this is <laughs> the episode, I think, for you. I think it's going to be good. So what, um, what, what are you talking about exactly in, in the book? I mean, we get a pretty good idea, but there's a lot more yeah. going on here, right? Kind of like, kind of like the cover with all that confetti going on, I, right? It's very all those little fragmented pieces. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that glass? And I just thought it looked like confetti. No confetti, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Okay. Um, there is a lot going on in the book. I, I would say the subtitle kind of wraps it up, man. How to embrace pain and discover hope and healing, like. This book is about us looking our pasts in the eye and saying, you don't have control over my future anymore. Mm. That no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've gone through currently, what we're going through right now, God still has a divine plan and he does his best work in the broken places. And we see that all throughout scripture. And so I've got scripture in the book to support that. And I've got my story in the book, of course. I, you know, I want to be transparent. I want to lead by example. But the thing I'm most excited about in the book is that there's a roadmap there. There's a roadmap to hope and healing. It's one of the things I really needed when I was going through a really hard season was someone to tell me, okay, well, how do I find safe community? How do I find counseling? How do I practice gratitude daily? How do I actually become a follower of God and not just a fan? And so the book is all of that in a cute little package nutshell, you know? So walk us through a little bit of of your story. It's one thing to tell people that it can be done. It's another thing to show people. And you show people. Yeah. Take us through some of that. Woo! So there's been a lot, but part of my story has uh, been parentification is what my counselor calls it. When I was in the third grade, my mom had a massive stroke and my dad went into overdrive at work and did a lot of hiding and my brothers went to drugs and it was just me and my mom for a long time. And so I became a caregiver at just eight years old. It stole a lot of awe and wonder and honestly protection from my childhood. And so I was really vulnerable. I I had sexual manipulation in my story from family members and older men, losing my virginity at 13, a lot of drugs and alcohol to numb the pain and eating disorder. I ended up getting married and carrying all that baggage into um, what would be a toxic and really abusive marriage, transitioning from a marriage Uh, So getting to divorce, being a single mom, there's some church hurt sliding up in there Mm. Um, and then being redeemed in my faith through a really healthy church community and 
now I'm here. And so it's, it's all that in the book. It's being honest and raw that, yeah, there's like some dark, dark parts of my story, but it's been redeemed in such beautiful ways. Well, so, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you kind of walked through a lot of it. You, you, you touched yeah. on a lot of things. Okay. So yeah. a- abuse, uh, yeah. and, and that can come in, in multiple forms. Obviously I sure. think sexual abuse is about the worst it can get. Um, yeah. but addiction, yeah. uh, a, a life circumstance that puts you in a very tough position at a ridiculously young age, the, yeah. the pain of loss, family yeah. dysfunction, uh, church, church, you mentioned that one. That one's very real, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you, where do you even begin to go from mm. all that? Because it seems like just things were just being piled on, piled on and Like, yeah. is it ever going to end? Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I remember being at the bottom of the, my staircase, just pleading with God, like take the pain away, do something. Where are you? Where are you at? And I think that was what I needed to do. I think there are so many resources I talk about in the book from counseling to gratitude practices to, you know, how to really have hard conversations with community. But those are resources. I needed to go to the source first and I needed to really be honest about where my relationship with God was. And the truth is the biggest lie that the enemy had planted into my heart was that I was just so unprotected and unsafe, that God was not there, that he was not looking after me, that he wasn't with me in the the suffering and collecting all my tears. But instead he was distant and he was watching it all from some, you know, figurative um, throne. And really he was there in it all. It was when I started to believe that there was a God who was there for me, who understood my pain, who who would carry me through, not, you know, embarrassed, but like genuinely tenderly carrying me through. It gave me the strength I needed to say that there is hope, that it actually can get better. And then I went to all the resources. Mm. But it was at the feet of Jesus that I started to completely broken. Well, you know, a, a lot of people would say, if there's a God who really cares, why would he let you go through that? Uh-huh. Well, I, I will say this. This is the mantra that I live by. God never promised us a life of perfection. What he promised is that he would be with us in the imperfection. Hmm. And that's the type of God that we serve in this broken, fallen world with, you know, this kind of melting pot of God's sovereignty, but then also our free will to do good and bad to right. other people and to ourselves. And what I think people are really missing is the withness of God. I think what we want is a genie and not an actual father. Mm, wow. And 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 that's okay because pain is hard and we don't want to sit in that. We want to be rescued out of that. But the truth is what God does is he's with us first. He understands us first and then he gives us the strength that we need sometimes to climb the mountain. And then if we don't have it, sometimes he'll move the mountain himself. But either way, he's rescuing us, you know. The you know, there's an old saying that, that life can throw you in a pit, people can throw you in a pit, and you can throw yourself in a pit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kind of sounds like you, you've experienced all three. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you deal with those differently? Oh, 100%. I will say that one of the things that I loved about my healing journey was that I was not shy of being aware of what I brought and contributed to some of these situations. Mm -hmm. The truth is when I became aware of all of my childhood wounds that I refused to look at, that instead of looking at them, I just numbed them with idols and drugs and alcohol and all and partying and all the things. I realized that because I didn't do my work, 
um, it influenced a lot of my decisions. There's a reason why I married a verbally abusive man. I grew up with a verbally abusive father mm -hmm. and thought that it was okay to be spoken to in ways um, that were just detrimental to my soul. Yeah. The reason why I was worshiping a pastor and not a savior in a church was because I was clamoring for a man to be proud of me because my dad never did it. Mm -hmm. And so there's some things that I had to be aware of of myself. And from that place, what happened was I became I became a little bit more secure in myself. I, I started to realize, no, I'm actually worthy of good relationships. I'm worthy to be talked to with kindness and gentleness. And from that place, from the overflow of my own wholeness is when I started making decisions to look out for red flags and not allow people to be in my life that I deemed unsafe. Um, I put boundaries up, you know, boundaries that are strong enough to keep the bad stuff out and permeable enough to let the good stuff in. Mm -hmm. But that <laughs> came from my own security, you know. That's interesting. Okay, on the, on the topic of boundaries, because I've been I've been, you know, talking to different people in different situations, you yeah. know, for years. Um, and he, here's a bit of tension for me. Mm, it's good. <laughs> um, I love. It. I'm like yes. Bless those who curse you. Mm. you know, love your enemies. Yeah. The the natural thing, and even, I mean, I'm not even saying it's improper at times. I'm just trying to find the balance. Yeah. When, when someone does something bad to us, yeah. you know, or yeah. they seem to be, they're, they're, they're what we would call unhealthy for us. Mm, yeah. Like, like you mentioned, and, and, and I recognize that. Yeah. How do we balance the boundary with the blessing? Mm, that's such a good thing. The reason why I describe boundaries like let's create boundaries that are strong enough to keep the bad stuff out, permeable enough to let the good stuff in. The reason why I explain it that way is because typically when someone hurts us, we want to get as far away from them as humanly possible. Sure. We're like, mm, bye, you're out of my life, never going to ever, you know, do anything with and, you ever and, and may need to. That's the thing. And may, yeah, yeah, and may need to for safety reasons. Again, I, you know, I'm a product of abuse. There have been times that I've had to protect myself, protect my daughter. Yeah. And so they're rightfully so. But boundaries do not prohibit you from loving. Mm. What I think that we have gotten caught up in is that there's only one way to love someone. It's to be close. It's to be involved. And the truth is, even through our prayers, we are loving other people. And on the other side of love is also forgiveness in so many ways. Yeah. And on the other side of forgiveness is true freedom. I don't think that we have to put ourselves in unsafe places with unsafe people to love them well. Sometimes loving someone well is to transition out of the, the relationship, is to transition out of the friendship. Because sometimes what they actually need is the the realization that what they're doing is not okay and it yeah. requires a boundary. Yeah. My father was one of those people in my life. My father was really verbally abusive growing up. And I got to the point after my divorce where I said, dad, I'm going to put some boundaries up here. The reason why I probably got into a verbally abusive marriage is because I thought it was okay to be talked to that way. And so if you want to be a part of my life, dad, as much as I love you, you're going to have to stop talking to me like that. It's interesting how when I pressed into setting a boundary and saying no more, my dad became aware of his own weaknesses and then changed oh, started wow. to do his work and and now we have a redeemed relationship and it's a beautiful thing that came on the other side of my boundary that's good i yeah okay i i love that insight i really do yeah. 
And yeah. let me ask you this, because this is another thing. These are things I think about when I'm working this. in the yard, <laughs> you know, truly. Tr- tr- um, do you believe that sometimes boundaries, especially the really hard ones, may, mm-hmm. may be seasonal? I mean, in your case, things worked out, obviously. But yeah. in other words, I, I do. I, what I speculate is that sometimes we need to put up those hard boundaries of distance separation my friend has a phrase have a funeral for him in your head <laughs> you know and a, yeah. which I'm, i think maybe a bit extreme but the <laughs> point being that that sometimes we need to pull back and be healed mm. so that we can get to a place of wholeness to where we can pray for someone properly effectively bless them uh want the best for them maybe even do things for them do you think there's some seasonality to it perhaps Oh my goodness, absolutely. I say this in the book, it's very difficult to heal in the place that broke you in the first place. Yeah, right. Right? Like, right. and I, I mean, it's a testament to that. The only reason why I have the authority to say those words is because I've done it wrong. When I was transitioning out of a really spiritually abusive church, there was my community. It's all that I had. I'd moved from Texas to Georgia and I wanted to stay in that church. I really did. However, I needed to heal from that church. Well, I remember I made a mistake and decided, okay, a few months after I transitioned, I'm going to go to a midweek service. I just miss them so much. I'm going to go. It's okay. I went to the service. No one spoke to me. No one. Supposedly the pastor had told everyone not to talk to me because I left the church and oh. et cetera, et cetera. Correct. And and I, and I left more wounded than I went in. And I was already pretty wounded, mm. but I wasn't strong enough to understand the impact of losing an entire community like that, especially in the Christian space, especially in a church. Yeah. Well, now that I'm healed, that I've experienced a healthy church, and that's part of my story has been redeemed, I can forgive the pastor. I can, I mean, if he called me up one day and I'd be just fine. But for a season, just like you're saying, Randy, mm-hmm. I needed to get a little bit stronger mm-hmm. and I needed to heal from the things that had broke me in the first place. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Again, I think that's that's wisdom. I, yeah. I, I really do. And, and you know, it's not as formulaic as we would like. Sure. A lot of times. Um, yeah. And so I just want to give people the room to pursue God. Uh, mm. To fail upwards at times, uh, yeah. and, and 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 you know, there's the grace we can't even fathom the depth of the grace. Mm. Uh, and it, I think my most the the people that irritate me the most in this world are the legalistic types <laughs> who just want to be like, oh, oh, you did that wrong. I'm gonna throw some Sorry, God, God, God doesn't love you, is my, or, or you're just yeah. displeasing. I, I just <laughs> drives me nuts. Okay. <laughs> I have to ask about this because you you brought it up. It's your fault. Um, okay. <laughs> take that. That's there. There have been a lot of people coming forward lately um, mm. with what, you know, we could collectively call church hurts. Yeah. And I have I have two reactions to this at the Let's same see. time. One of them is uh, compassion. And because mm. I know, I mean. I know it's real and I know sometimes it's really bad and I know there's some bad churches out there and there's some people on the pulpit that don't need to be there. No, I don't live there. I, right. I, I think I can sniff them out pretty quick and just avoid them. Yeah. Um, and so there's another reaction I have where I go, really? I mean, you know, yep. just leave the church. You know, I'm, part of me is like, are, are you playing a victim here? So I, I don't, yeah. I don't always know where to go with that. What, what what what's your take on 
how people should deal with churches and their hurts. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I said this before, there was an awareness and a responsibility that I had to take in my contribution to the hurt that I experienced. And the first thing that I had to admit was I was worshiping a pastor, not a savior. I had put this man on a pedestal in the place that my savior should have been. Mm -hmm. I was worshiping, singing, showing up on Sundays, but my Monday through Saturday had no depth in relationship with God. That mm -hmm. is on me. No one could change that. So when the hurt came, when the confusion came, when this imperfect, broken pastor did, you know, some things, I was devastated rather than coming from a place of fullness and wholeness, having mercy and grace for him. Oh, you know what? This is an unhealthy side of you. Mm. And this needs to be handled in a whole different way. I was extremely hurt because of my expectations. And that is a lot of the reasons why people leave churches. They have an expectation yeah. there, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, and it's not met and they leave the church. I think that there are some sure tell signs of unhealthy churches. And then I think there are sure tell signs of imperfect human beings, of which we all are. <laughs> and I think that the only way for us to have eyes to see what's imperfect and what's unhealthy and toxic is for us to be closely tethered to God in our own personal relationship with him Monday through Saturday, okay? Then yeah. on Sunday, you can recognize the difference. And the truth is we become less sensitive to things when we're coming from a place of wholeness, when there's hope oozing out of us and not bitterness and unforgiveness. And I, I just think we need more healthy, whole people that understand and recognize imperfection over toxicity. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I think yeah. it's sad. I, I will never give up on the church. My husband and I pastor a church here in Atlanta. Yeah. And I've been church hurt and I've had so many friends. It's like, well, I've been church hurt. I'm gone from the church. It's whatever. And I'm like, well, no, the truth is we were all hurt by a human being that needed grace mercy and then also probably needed a little bit of therapy as well yeah, okay right you know and that's okay yeah, like yeah. more power to them i hope they go get their help you know yeah and i mean my response is is if you're in that situation just you know get lovingly get out of it yeah. don't, don't keep getting hurt but and don't contribute to the hurt um 100 i mean i say this all the time like people ask me you know will you ever you know come out about like your pastor and all the things that you've done i said well i can talk about it and still honor him as a human being i can you know talk about it and not have names and post pictures and expose things and because that's not right. what i'm here for right. i'm right. here to spread hope and the hope that i'm coming from is yes i was in a church with an unhealthy human being and I got back into church and I found an incredible church community under the leadership of Andy Stanley and North Point Community Church. And from mm. that place, my faith rebuilt everything. My whole life changed because I was in a healthy, safe environment with imperfect people. Mm. And so, yeah. And if and I'm not suggesting he is, but if, if Andy went off the rails for some weird reason, There's you would recognize it and you'd and, and you'd go somewhere else and you wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I, I just yep. think we have to kind of, you know, grow up and be mature yeah. Christians about it. And, and yeah, that's good. Okay. I want to show people your website. This is Tony J Collier.com. You can see I'll spell Tony Collier right there and throw the J in this. You know, I have a rule on my show, Tony, <laughs> you use your middle initial. I got to ask what it stands for. I do. It, it actually stands for je t'aime, which means I love you. I, love you. Um, I know my mom is French and my full name is Antoine je t'aime. And it means Anthony, I love you. And that's my dad. I love that. 
I mean, I just like this. I mean, Tony's Fancy. great, but Antoinette, I mean. Oh, I know. I know. It's hard. People read it and they're like, what is oh, this? Oh, right. Nobody can pronounce it. But oh. Yeah. That is really, that is really beautiful. Okay. Uh, and then I want to show people the book again. Which, mm. There it is. Brave Enough to be Broken. That's what we're talking about. It's available now. And it, let me tell you, if you're, if you're relating right now, if you've been watching this and going, wow, I can relate. Uh, yeah. Just go get the book. It'll really... It'll help you walk through into some good things. Um, I want to yeah. ask you about this. And, and Tony's um, should be on the broadcast program of Life Today, too. I promise not to bring this up on the broadcast okay. show, but sometimes I, love it. I, love I, it. I go a little, you know, off script here. So, Sam, your husband, mm. um, you guys are pastors or pastoral yeah. staff. Is that what it is? Yeah, pastors. Mm -hmm. Pastors. Okay. Yeah. This is your second husband. Is that right? Yeah. I know people. Christians in the church, yeah. and, and I can say this because I know you've heard it, who are like, oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> you you can't be a pastor. You're living in adultery, the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is that, um, so I, I was raised Catholic, which divorce is like a huge no-no in the Catholic space um, and so many other denominations. It was interesting because when Sam and I got married, um, and for me, it was getting remarried, we were um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We were in this little garden at this courthouse, didn't make a big deal about it. And the pastor that married us, he was actually a bishop, and we asked him. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were just standing there, and he was just like, whoa, right now, as you guys <laughs> were like, yep, we just want to get your take on it, you know? Um, and it was beautiful because he reminded us of the grace of God. He reminded us that when Jesus came, he came to fulfill the law. Um, and what struck us in that moment is that he is a God, not of just second chances, but chances times infinity. Mm. And there were moments when I thought to myself, man, like, should I really get remarried? I mean, even when I, I initially got divorced, I said I would never marry again. I wanted to raise my daughter and I wanted to do it right. And, and in that moment, in that little garden in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I just felt so strongly that the Lord came for me not to, to experience condemnation mm -hmm. in my marriage mm -hmm. and even in my second marriage, but for me to experience unbridled presence and love and that no sin could separate me from him, no decision, not even this holy union could separate me from him. And I chose to live from the overflow of that love and acceptance. And it was, in, you know, and then no one said anything about it after that. It was, it was really in our hearts, on our minds. We're like, oh my goodness, like, should we do this? How do we feel? But our, our church lovingly accepted us. We ended up having a celebration at our church and the people after that, I mean, I had so many women come up to me that were products of divorce, like, oh my gosh, I believe in love again. God is all over this. I just can't believe it. And I just think that it was that day in the garden where we just felt the Lord gently tell us yes and amen. I'm all over this. I love it. And nobody, yeah. nobody brought it up again until this interview. <laughs> I honestly, it's so kind of, it's kind of crazy. Um, but I love it. You know, I always say this too, you know, I think all of us are going to get to heaven and realize we were wrong about something. Oh, and so we just got to pick and choose where, where we fall, you know? Well, yeah. And, 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 and I, I agree with you, but yeah, I don't take that kind of thing. Like I, I've, 
I think we're misreading a lot of scripture, and I think we're creating yeah. a new te- New Testament law new, legalism new out of New Testament, and that was never Jesus' design. You know, I know, I know. And and the condemnation we're, that always comes with that, I'm like, oh you know, gosh. I just read John 8 yesterday, just about that condemnation and God saying, you know, calling out the Pharisees and the teachers of the law for the greater sin, you Mm -hmm. know, quote unquote, the greater sin of condemnation, Mm -hmm. of looking at someone else's sin and saying, well, I judge you because of that. And Jesus is saying, I don't condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Yeah. I mean, God, God looks on the heart. And if you go to God honestly and say, you know, I'm I'm stuck here. I want to do the right thing. He honors that. He honors yeah. that, and he will lead you into yes. all truth, the Holy Spirit. Anyway, mm, that's my so that's my take on that. And I love the fact that you are pastors because I think, you know, I, go ahead, leave the comment, yeah. do whatever you want. Right, just go. I'm fine. just telling you, God can mm. call a woman to teach, <laughs> to teach you things, and to yep. pastor, and mm. I just that, that go back and look at the scriptures if if you think that I'm misreading it and we anyway okay last thing I want to ask you yeah um because you mentioned your daughter how many kids do you mm-hmm. have now it's just the one still so I've got that one eight-year-old and then I, we just had a baby a four-month-old you did little Sam Jr. oh Sam Jr. oh I love that yeah, little Sammy well moms put a lot of heavy things into print mm-hmm. and that doesn't go away yeah um you know, when they're old enough to st- sort of read this and comprehend this, yeah. what do you want them to see when they read through this, which will be an eye-opening and tough read yeah. to your kids? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so here's what's interesting. I'm going to read this really quickly. Mm-hmm. I actually dedicated this book to my daughter mm-hmm. um, for this very reason. And I just wrote to my daughter, Dylan, the girl who gave me a reason to fight for healing beyond my own desire for peace. This book is proof that while the hardest thing I've ever done was healing my own childhood wounds while raising you, I didn't give up. My prayer is that when you read these words, you will have learned how to embrace pain and find healing and hope in your own life by how I lived my life in front of you. Mm. I get the chills every time I read it because I know that I'm going to do my best to leave a spiritual legacy for my daughter. I'm gonna do my best. We are working hard to leave a financial legacy for our children. But the other thing I want to make sure that I leave with her is an emotional legacy as well. For her to know that we have gone through hard things and God can still rescue us out of it and not even rescue us, but redeem us and also restore us Mm -hmm. and use us from that place. I, I think that the best thing for my daughter is to know that I've gone through some things and my life wasn't perfect. And, you know, she doesn't know these things now. And she said the other day um, that that she said, my mom is perfect. She is perfect <laughs> and she does everything right, et cetera, et cetera. And there are some moments when we do age appropriate fails in front of our kids so that they know that we're not. Hmm. And I think so often like our kids just look at us as we're the parents that can open the door when they can't and they can unscrew the thing when they can't and they can tie the shoe when they can't. We just become these superheroes to them. And I think that I want my daughter to know without a shadow of a doubt that my emotional legacy comes from us doing our work, going to counseling, making sure that we are healthy and whole parents for her as much as we can be. 
And so I'm I'm excited to just continue to unpack it. I'm excited to make sure we got counseling scheduled in the next <laughs> 10 years um, because I'm sure some of the things that I've gone through has impacted her. And I want her to have a safe space to process those things as well. And enjoy the superhero status while it lasts because the teenage years I mean, it's are good, isn't it? It's yeah, like we're the teenage years are coming and then we're not oh. and then we're the villain. Okay. No, or you just don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have four. I have four kids. I've walked through you this. <laughs> Help us out. Help us out. But so, yeah. you know what? Here, Here's, I think, a key takeaway. You said, yeah. you know, that y- y'all aren't perfect. Yeah. It, the Greek, you know, Bible says be perfect, right? Yeah. But if you look at the context and, and the, the Greek understanding of that word, it leads uh-huh. to another word that you said, which is whole. Mm-hmm. Wholeness. And wholeness is not a status we arrive at. It's yep. something that we do every day. Yeah. And you know what? That That is the legacy you leave when that's what you pursue. It's not perfection. Mm-hmm. It's it's wholeness. And that, yep. that's a beautiful thing. I love it. <laughs> we never arrived. We've never arrived. It's a journey. It, it, it is, is a journey. journey. And it's okay. It's and a journey. Just keep moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, I love it. That's good. Tony, I'm looking forward to you coming to the broadcast, to the studio, to these broadcast shows. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, And I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. So, you know, hey, you guys watching Life Today Live, this happens. Sometimes you get a little, you know, before the broadcast. I'm not saying keep watching the broadcast, but I'm just saying a lot of good stuff going on right here. Is there anything, Tony, you want to add before I let you go? Yeah, I just hope someone knows that... um, What we're not saying is rush to healing. What we're saying is pursue it. Um, I get that all the time. It's like, well, what if I'm just not there? It's like, well, you just be there in that valley. Know that God's with you in that valley and he will not leave you there. And so that's it. Love it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Randy. Absolutely. You guys go pick up brave enough to be broken. It'll bless you. It'll bless someone you know. Uh, And... Big, good Christmas gift. Heck, just whatever it takes to get somebody on that path to wholeness. It's a journey. And uh, keep coming. Journey with me and my wonderful guests like Tony. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today.